Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Well, welcome back. It's great to have you all back here in person. And um, I think that the Bible, which is the greatest story ever told, but more than just being the greatest story ever told, it's also our story. It's uh, the story of every person, but it's the story of how God actually wants to be close to his people. That there was creation, then there was the fall, and then there was the redemption in and through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And all of that was also that God could actually be close to us. It's all about God getting close, wanting to be close to his people. And uh, get back together is, you know, part of that fulfillment of the, you know, the, the call and the mandate of the church is that we are to be uh, a community of believers um, upholding the name of God, but that we get to be close to God, but we also get to be close to one another. That we're to be a demonstration that although we're different, we come with different wants and needs, as Belinda was talking about, we come with different likes and dislikes, um, and we're not going to agree on everything, but we can agree that we are here to lift up the name of Jesus, and that is what brings us close. And uh, 18 and a half years ago now, Belinda, single lady, and she walked out through those doors, a married lady. And uh, as she walked in through those doors, she had a veil over her face. But then as she made her way uh, down to to where I was standing, as soon as she made it to where I was, I then got to lift that veil off. And I think that that is a symbol in marriage of the closeness that a husband and wife are supposed to have, that there's been a veil that was once there that has been removed, that there's a level of intimacy that comes with a husband and that, believe it or not, is called the Bride of Christ. And so I believe that some of those veils of restrictions have been removed, and so it is a great day to to celebrate, just as a wedding is a time to celebrate, that today is time to celebrate as we get to be back together, face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder with each other, worshipping Jesus again. And uh, for those of you that may have heard the message uh, last week, I was talking about the fact more than a business, more than a community organization, that the church is really all about the, the people. And so there are some things, although so much that calling upon the church uh, has and will never change. But just to go through some of the things that have happened in the life of uh, the people of our church in the last four months. Some of the things have been good and some not so good. So we've had several people broke their bones. Roger, Carol, Deb and Janet all had broken bones in the last four months. Um, we had Bev, Carol and Daphne all lost loved ones uh, in their immediate family. We had many people with visits to the hospital. Some people lost jobs. Others gained new jobs including now we have roles uh, filled in the community, which is really exciting news from people from our church. Obviously, you've seen 
not quite finished yet, but we have a new stage, a new permanent stage built in. So there's going to be still more changes and things to happen there. But that's really exciting. And so Aaron Schmidt and a whole team of people have been hard at work. And very soon, um, in about four or five weeks' time, we are getting a new screen as well. So, um, so at the moment, you might think, oh, the stage is actually looking a little bit smaller. And yes, it is. But uh, a new screen is going to be mounted on that. And so we kind of did this so we can actually fit more people in. because uh, So then the seating room is really great. So that's another new thing that happened. Um, Peter turned 18. JP turned 21. Uh, Bianca, some of you might know, she turned 30. Uh, Jody and Melissa turned 40. Uh, Krista turned 50. Uh, anyone else with a, that had a birthday, a significant birthday in the lockdown time? Mitchell. Oh, yeah. No, 22. 23. Uh, Denisha got her license. Shannon and Timothy and Jenny and Michael announced that they were having babies. Uh, also, Danielle and Mitchell were ordained as pastors, but just by mail, so we'll have a celebration for them later. Uh, Tash and Brock started dating. And I said this in the... Is Brock here for this service? I embarrassed him last time. No, he's out there. I said, because uh, Tash now, uh, she's not here today because she's got glandular fever. So I don't know if any of you young ones know, but glandular fever is also called kissing disease. So they started dating and then two weeks later, they... Uh, distancing rules, obviously. And uh, Cassie Dawson got married in the break time. So that was, that was just a few things that happened. So for me, I want to share one good thing and one bad thing that happened uh, to me in the, uh, in the lockdown time. So first of all, the good thing was actually all of you, that, that you uh, kept uh, giving, giving your support, but also giving financially. Because um, right at the very start of the lockdown time, I called a, a board meeting and... Um, because I'd heard that you know, everyone was going to lose their jobs and that you know, there was going to be this uh, you know, financial crisis, which obviously there is. And so I said to the not meaning that I was going to stop my work, but I was going to stop paying myself. Because so, I didn't want the church to have to suffer financially or anything like that. So I made this plan and I presented it to the board that I was going to fire myself. And they said, no, Josh, we don't like that plan. We have faith in a God, in a good God, who is going to provide, he's going to provide miraculously, he's going to do um, amazing things. And so you will be happy to know that I kept my job, <laughs> which is great. But not only did, did I keep my job, and not only were we able to, to pay the bills and keep the church running and, and all that kind of stuff, but uh, we've uh, paid for this far uh, that, that's coming. Um, we've been able to uh, continue, even though we haven't had Liberté Cafe, which normally supports our school in Cambodia, we've still been able to, using the money that has still been coming in from your tithes and offerings, we've still been able to keep paying the money for the school. Um, but just like for, for us, you know, uh, we had a period of time here where schools were shut. Well, the same thing happened in Cambodia. They had to shut for a period of time. And so uh, they decided that even though 
uh, they were shut because we had kept giving financially to kind of keep things happening to be able to pay the teachers' wages and different things over there. That uh, just like for here, even though we have been able to uh, stay open for various um, community things that we've been doing, and so we started up, um, as Belinda mentioned, a, a food, a free food delivery service. Um, and so the school in Cambodia decided that they would do the same thing. So because we kept giving the same amount as we had um, all, all throughout, um, they found that because a lot of the, the kids that go to the school are street kids, so they don't have anywhere to go anyway, but they couldn't operate as a school. But they could operate as a, as a community, um, providing community service. So we've been feed uh, delivery service, and with the, the money that we kept sending over to Cambodia, they decided that they would get the kids involved. And so the kids have been learning to cook and prepare food. And so they have actually been feeding 100 people a week with the money that we've been sending over um, to keep that going, which is, which is great. And uh, I also think that possibly this week coming, we should, because we're only about, I think, 46 or so dollars short of... Uh, ticking over the $50,000 mark for our school, uh, so the contributions to the school. So, um, during one of, if not the worst uh, that we have ever seen, we didn't shrink back. We actually advanced more than we ever have before. So that's just an amazing testament to God's faithfulness and to your generosity, your continued giving. So that just exceeded my faith and um, it was just so great to see that. So that was the good thing that happened. Lots of other good stories about people getting saved and baptised in the, in the Holy Spirit and lots of things happening throughout our, uh, our time where we couldn't meet um, in person. So lots of good things happening, uh, which was great. One bad thing that happened to me was that I, I broke my phone screen. So that was a bit sad. So for those of you that know, like I basically, I've had uh, iPhones for many, many years and uh, I never really have covers on my phones. I like to think that I'm kind of quick enough and uh, got enough uh, you know, speed that if I do happen to drop it, that I can kind of catch it or save it in time. And again, it, this sort of happened this time. Uh, I think it's actually because I was too quick that, uh, that it cracked. So what happened was I was outside uh, in the garden doing some gardening and I pulled my phone out of my pocket and, uh, but I pulled it out too fast and so it flew into the air and uh, with my cat-like reflexes, I managed to get under it. But I was, I was so quick uh, with my trying to stop it hitting the ground directly that I actually kicked it uh, and I kicked it into the shovel that I was using and uh, cracked the glass. So that was a bit sad. Don't clap for that. So the moral of the story is don't do yard work. That's sort of the moral of the story. Um, that's all right. So, um, yeah, but the good thing is, is that I have my phone on, on a plan and come. So it's not going to be long and uh, I can upgrade and update to that new phone when the hopefully new iPhone 12 comes out in September. I'll be ready to get my new phone in October. So today... We are in part two of our Church Reimagined series. 
And uh, this week we're talking about the church renewed, that there's a renewal process that takes place. And, uh, but amazing, as amazing as this uh, new stage is, as amazing as the new screen is going to be, when Jesus is talking about renewal with us, it's not external renewal that he's looking at, it's internal. That there's things inside of us that God wants to do. But we live in a day and an age where people are often more concerned with what is new than what is true. Where people don't actually seek out or want to find what is true. They don't want to watch what is true. They don't want to consume things that are, going to, that are true or that are going to build them up. All they're concerned about is, is it new? And so with my phone being two years old now and with a cracked screen on it, kind of, it's, even though internally it still works, even though it's still more powerful than the, uh, it has a more powerful computer than the computers that they use to send people to the moon, if they really sent people to the moon. Um, People don't want it anymore because it's not new. I was uh, out to lunch with Grant yesterday for his birthday and he said, oh, I just can't wait. I'm getting the new iPhone 12. It's going to be amazing. And someone said to him, well, what's so amazing about the iPhone 12? And he says, I don't know. They haven't made it yet, but it's going to be amazing and I want it. I'm going to want it as soon as it comes out. And I think that all of us are a bit like that. We want whatever is new, upgrade, and if there's something old, we don't want it anymore. But that's really in contrast to what God says in Hebrews 13, 8, where he says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we think, the same? We don't want the same. The same is boring. The same is old. But what if there was something that was actually so good that it didn't need an update? that it didn't need an upgrade. Something that was so good, so amazing right from the start, that any change, because the way that it began was actually the best or beyond what anything or anyone could think, dream, hope, or even imagine. That is actually what God is. So God himself, we don't actually want or need God to be new within himself, within his character, within his nature, because 6,000 years ago, he was all loving, all gracious, all merciful. And 6,000 years from now, he's still going to be all loving, all gracious, all merciful. And so while the world only celebrates the things that are new... A church, a renewed church, needs to actually celebrate the fact that God is consistent in our lives. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is actually the best thing ever because He is the best thing ever. So we need to celebrate that. But for me, unlike God, I'm not always at my best. And some days... In this coronavirus time, you know, I've had my down days. I've had my days where I haven't reacted. I've had days where I've 
wanted to place guilt and shame onto people rather than take guilt and shame off of people, which is part of the nature and character of God. And so I need that renewal. I need, while he is consistent, I need to get close to him. I need to put myself in close proximity to him so that I become more like him and less like me. You see, if you've had your down days, if you've had your bad days too, like I have, well, for us to know today that that doesn't discount us from God's presence and it doesn't disqualify us from God's purpose for our lives. But rather, it actually qualifies us for needing His grace-filled, willingly forgiving, life-changing, hope-delivering, lavish, love-giving, newness and presence in our lives. You see, Jesus didn't die on the cross just to make your bad days a bit better. Jesus didn't die on the cross even to make you better. He died on the cross to make you new. He died on the cross to bring us life where there was no life. Colossians 3 verses 9 to 10 says, You have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Each and every one of us needs to be renewed in and through Jesus Christ. And it's not just on the day of our salvation either. Some people think, well, I made a decision, you know, I made a decision right here on the floor, on my knees, 20 years ago. Almost 20 years ago to the day. And we could think, well, I was made new back then. I was renewed back then. That's it. But no, it's not just a one-off occurrence. Because in 2 Corinthians 4.16, it says, So no wonder we don't give up. Some of us you here may have felt like, you almost gave up. You were tempted to give up. You were on the edge of giving up. But the reality is, is that you're here right now. So something caused you not to give up. It says, for even though the outer person gradually wears out, even though the phone case may crack and things may not go right, even though I may have a few more gray hairs now than I did at the start of coronavirus, our inner being is being renewed every single day. We didn't just need him on the day of our salvation. We need him and his presence every single day. But notice that these passages, both of these passages, talk about things to do with clothing. Put on, put off, wearing out. And it's probably... The description is almost a bit like a jacket, like putting on a jacket that we need to put on the new self. And throughout this time, because there hasn't been a lot of, you know, there hasn't been cinemas to go to sometimes, there hasn't been restaurants to go to sometimes. So unfortunately for me, uh, some of the shops have been open, so Belinda has wanted to go clothes shopping. That is my most hated thing in the world. And so she decided that throughout this 
coronavirus time to be ready to reopen the doors that I needed a denim jacket. Now, my whole thing with clothing is, so a jacket should just be to, to keep you warm without restricting what you are called to do for that day. And so every time we would go into one of these shops, Belinda would go and find a denim jacket and she would get me to try it on and I'd put it on and every time it felt like it just didn't fit, that it was restrictive, that it was restrictive to my, uh, you know, my hands, it was restrictive to my arms and I just, I, there was something about it that just didn't fit, it just didn't feel right. But even though it was going to be restrictive to me, she said, but it looks so nice, Joshy. I think you should just buy it anyway. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people live their lives like that, where they will put something on just to impress the people around them and to look good to the people around them, even though it is actually bringing restriction to them. But that's not what God wants for us. There are certain things that may look good on the rack. The world has a, a great way, just like all those shops have a great way of, you know, the lighting and the way that it's, you know, hung and all that kind of stuff. They have a great way of making everything look appealing. But sometimes when you try it on, you realize it just doesn't fit. It wasn't made for you. And there are things that God says, the world is going to tempt you with. The world is going to say, this is going to look good. It's going to make you look good and be accepted. But you were never meant to wear. Things like guilt and shame and condemnation. There's a whole list of these things we read from Corinthians before. We're going to keep reading in verse 5 and 8 because it has a list of things that we were never meant to wear. Sexual immorality, moral corruption, lust, evil desire and greed. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene language. We're never meant to wear those things. We need to take that evil denim jacket off and place on the jacket that God has for us. Well, what does it look like to be dressed and clothed the way that God would want us to be closed? What does a renewed church wear? And it tells us, as we go on in this passage in Colossians 3, starting at verse 12, it says, You are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourselves with the virtues of God, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Because I don't think many of us believe that. Even though it's in the Word of God, we have divinely been chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. And be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way by Jesus Christ. And if you do find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Let your heart 
always be guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of his one body. And always be thankful. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Let love be supreme and flow through it all. And that is why for us as a church, part of, even though we are called to be a renewed church daily, weekly, there are some things that will never change and that is that love should reign supreme in all that we do. And that is why our vision mission statement is simply to love God and love others as we walk each step with Jesus. So whilst Christ is consistent, he calls us through that list of of virtues, through that list of clothing that we get to put on, he calls us not just to be updated, not just to be upgraded, but to be made new. And just as when you put on a jacket, the jacket sits close and even against your skin, and it goes with you wherever you go, God actually wants to go with us wherever we go. That he doesn't just want to meet with us here in this building, as amazing as it is to be back in this building, that God actually wants to go with us into our week. That if we put him on, if we put on his peace and his love and his mercy, then that actually goes with us wherever we go, into our workplace, into our schools, into the different places that we're called to go. God wants to be as close to us, touching our skin. And because whatever we put on actually becomes the new us. That just as when you get up in the morning and you go to the to your closet, you go to your wardrobe and you decide what you're going to wear, what you're going to put on your skin and the way that you step out and the way that you walk that day will partly be determined by what you are wearing. And there's, I can't really do very good accents, but there's this saying and I I tried kind of an accent in the first service and it didn't really go too well, so I'll try again. But I kind of feel like I need to say this, uh, this line with, with a sort of a, a southern country accent. So this, this is my best southern country accent. It, 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 the saying goes, never wrestle with a pig. Because you both end up dirty, but the pig liked it. <laughs> and what that is saying is, is that... We have an enemy and he wants to wrestle. We get dirty. He doesn't, he doesn't mind wrestling with us. He doesn't mind doing that stuff because he's actually liking getting dirty himself and he actually wants to get you dirty. So we should never ever wrestle with the pig. We should never ever dance with the enemy. Because there's something that the enemy knows and that is... Whatever we actually allow on our skin becomes our identity. So if he can get a bit of dirt on our skin, he knows that then we will label ourselves as dirty. Because whatever, 
whatever we do, how we look determines how we feel. And then how we feel determines what we do. And then what we do then drives our identity. So what are you allowing on your skin? What are you allowing to get close to you? If you allow fear close, then the new you is going to look anxious. If you allow shame close, the new you is going to look downcast. If you allow addictions close, the new you is going to look bound. If you allow anger close, the new you is going to look unsettled. If you allow greed and jealousy close, the new you is going to look selfish and alone. But I can see, I can imagine and reimagine a renewed church that allows Jesus close. And when we allow him close, then our new look becomes peaceful, empowered, called, invigorated, sanctified, redeemed, forgiven and loved, as that passage says. That this renewal can and only does happen when we allow God close. In fact, it only happens when we allow him closer than anything that the world has to offer. So, some consistent things about the church and some new things about the church. So, our church has a lot of great consistent things and as we heard, uh, very soon we are celebrating our 30th birthday, which is great. And so we want to take the time in three weeks' time to celebrate some of the consistent things that God has been doing in the life of this church for the last 30 years. So today I want to talk about some of the new things that are happening in and around church. So up the back there we have May Borman, and May is uh, taking on the new role as uh, family's pastor and head of the Connections team, which is really exciting. So that's great. Jacob Glash down here has taken on the new role of Life Kids Junior High. So he's leading that department. First morning this morning, so that was great. Uh, as we announced last night, and many of you were here last night, but uh, Jake Toogood is taking on the new role of leading both Friday and Sunday house youth services, which is really great. And so then Tash, who was too busy kissing Brock to be able to be here. No, that's, we're actually recording it. We need to strike that off of the recording. <laughs> but yeah, so she is going to take on the new role of associate pastor. So that is really, really exciting. And part of some of that revamp and, and change of, of roles and things is uh, to change some of the, I guess, the function of the church. And one of those um, things is obviously the new food uh, delivery stuff that we've had a team um, working on that. And uh, I've been heading up that team. And um, now that you know, we're back, I kind of thought, well, that would have to be the end of that, that program. And uh, so we'll just we'll shut it back down. That was just for that time. But the team have been so passionate about that program that uh, that, that food uh, delivery um, 
service that we're giving to the community, that is going to continue. So that's really, really exciting that we get to keep being a blessing to our community through that free food program, which is really, really good. Um, but also, uh, start arrangements through this coronavirus time, but next year, we're actually starting our Lifehouse Christian College. Now, that is not necessarily what you might think because obviously our long-term plan is to have a school in Gifford Hill and that is still part of the plan. That is still part of what we are planning to do. But as of next year, what that means for us is that um, we are going to offer here uh, on campus our internship uh, program and uh, we will be uh, delivering a a diploma of leadership, uh, fully qualified, fully funded uh, diploma of leadership to people right here uh, on site, um, which is really, really exciting. So that will be partly headed up by myself and Tash as part of her new role, and also Mitchell and many others will be helping to facilitate that. So we're really, really excited about that and what God is doing in and through that. So it's just some new things that are happening in the life of the church. But I believe it's not just a renewed church, but it's us as individuals. And as I was praying about this message, one of the things that God really placed upon my heart was the renewal that I think God wants some people to go through by going through the waters of baptism. And so we're making plans that uh, on the 2nd of August, as part of our birthday celebrations, I believe that God is calling several people to get baptised. And if you feel that prompting on your heart, then please come and see myself or Mark or, or someone afterwards and let us know that you, are, that you are interested in that. Because there's something important about going through the waters of baptism. That there's a cleansing and a washing that takes place. And many of us need that in our lives. And particularly throughout this coronavirus time. And um, I was sharing with the first service about, I guess, a bit of an analogy about what baptism and what a renewed church looks like to me. And um, all through high school, I used to play Foursquare. So I would play it in study. I would play it in class when the teacher would leave on the tables. I would uh, play it every recess and lunchtime out in the in the uh, shelter shed at Cornerstone uh, where I went to school. And Foursquare is unlike any other game because in any other game, you, you, you play and you either win or you lose. But in Foursquare, there's this thing that happens occasionally where the ball lands on the line between your territory and your opponent's territory. And if that happens, then you have what's called a replay. Now, that's just not a slow motion replay of your failure. But what it is, is the whole point, the whole match gets replayed. Now, if your opponent has just delivered back but it landed on the line, it doesn't matter that you couldn't get it back because if it landed on the line, you get to call replay. And I think 
many of us have been brought to the line during this coronavirus time. That through the different things, the social isolation, the different things that have been happening, we have been brought to the line. That there is ground that we were supposed to occupy, there is ground and territory that was supposed to be ours, and then there was ground that the enemy, that our opponent occupied, and the enemy has been kind of encroaching on our land. But because Jesus put his life on the line when he died upon the cross, it doesn't matter how much of a, of a, of a savage play was played by your enemy. It doesn't matter how close to the line you got. Because Jesus put his body on the line, it means that he gets to call replay that each and every one of you get to call replay, that this is what the renewed life, that this is what baptism is all about. It's about saying, I've tried to do life my way. I've tried to do it and I've failed. I've tried to do it and the enemy has come at me. The, the opposition has come at me. And I felt like that he delivered a blow that I, that I couldn't ever return, that, that, that I, I could never walk back from. But what... Jesus has done is he's given us new life and we get to be renewed and we get to replay our hand. We get to replay our life, that our life actually didn't start with our sin. It didn't start with our error. It didn't start with our fault. It actually gets to start again when we receive and take on Jesus putting his life on the line for us. And I believe that many of you here, whether it be through the waters of baptism or whether it be through the simple washing of Jesus' blood, need that renewal, need that replay to take place in your life. But baptism also represents the fact that we have been washed clean. And in the Genesis account of creation, I don't know if it's ever struck you, but people were the last thing to be created. So everything else was created, and then the very last thing was us. And everything else in creation... God spoke because there was nothing in existence. So the first thing was the light. And so he said the word light and light appeared. And he did that with everything else in all creation until it got to us. And then he changed the way that he did things. Because he didn't just speak into the nothing made like he caused everything else to be made. That what he actually did was he took some of the dirt and he didn't speak from a distance but he simply breathed from up close he came up close and we're going to read that as the band comes up in Genesis 2 verse 7 it says then the Lord God formed, that is, created the body of man from the dust in the ground. 
and breathed into his nostril the breath of life. And the man became a living being, an individual complete in body and spirit. I don't know if you've ever questioned why he used dirt. Why dirt? Why the dust of the ground? There's something significant about the dust and the dirt and his creation of man. You see, even the word, the Hebrew word for dirt and the Hebrew word for man are almost identical. It is Adam for man and Adam for dirt. So there's something intrinsic that God wants us to know. But why dirt? I mean, if everything else was already there, when it got to, when it got to creating people, when it got to creating us, he already had everything else that he could have worked from. And if you ask some people, it would have been easiest just to take a chimpanzee and give it a razor and an education. And some people think that is enough to make people. But God says, no, people are not like anything else, that everything else has a body. Everything else I spoke into existence just has a body. But it says very clearly that we were made complete in body and spirit. And that spirit came from being brought close and allowing that breath to be blown upon us. But it still doesn't answer why dirt. Because you would think that if he's going to take something from the ground, why wouldn't he take gold? Why wouldn't he take diamonds? Because they are of much more worth. But I don't think that God wanted our worth to be defined by mere gold or mere diamonds. He wanted our worth to be defined by something so much greater. That he wanted our worth to be defined by the cross, by the blood of Jesus, far more precious than mere gold, than mere diamonds. All the money in the world does not compare one bit to just one drop of Jesus' blood which makes us new. So why dirt? They ever be upon you. And what that meant was is that as we walk through this life, wherever we are walking, the the dust of the ground gets upon us, it gets upon our skin. And so that saying was supposed to be a blessing that as they walk closely enough behind their rabbi that the dust from the rabbi's shoes would get onto their skin, that everyone would know that that's where they've been, that wherever their rabbi goes, they went. That it was supposed to be a blessing, but we all know that we don't always follow that closely behind our rabbi Jesus. That some of us have wandered off, that some of us have wandered down the path and away and we've got dirt and dust upon us. We've been covered with the things of this world and we feel as though we just can't get it off. That we've been covered by guilt and shame and sin, that we have wrestled with the devil in that mud and the mud just isn't coming off. 
But right before he died, Jesus, one of the last things that he ever did was he stooped down and he washed the disciples' feet to signify that if we are allowing Jesus to wash us clean, that the very thing that we are walking through the mud with can be washed clean, that we can be made new in and through the washing of Jesus. And that is what baptism represents. But more than that, I think that right at the dawn of all creation, the reason that that God chose the dust of the ground to breathe upon was he knew exactly where we would be today, each and every one of us. He knew that we would be here today covered, covered in dirt, covered in mud, covered in things and that we couldn't get it off. And he wants to say to us today that if we would simply let him close enough, that if we would simply bring him close enough and just allow him to breathe upon us, That just as he did in the beginning, he took the dust of the ground and he breathed upon it and new life and a complete soul was made. That if you've got a lack in your soul, that if you're missing something in your soul, all you have to do is come with your dirt, come with your guilt, come with your shame and allow Jesus to breathe upon it and you will be renewed and new life will flow in and through your body. So I'm going to ask us all to stand and we're going to pray. And if that is you, and you need that breath, if you've been covered with that dirt, if you've been covered with that shame, if you've been covered with that mud that you can't get off, and you need the life giving breath of God to breathe upon you right now, then I'm going to ask you to simply slip up your hand just right where you stand. It it doesn't matter if you've been here before. It doesn't matter if you've already committed your life to heaven to breathe upon your situation right now. Then lift your hands, raise your hands to the heavens and say, I need you. I need your cleansing breath. I need your cleansing power. I need the breath of heaven to come and breathe upon me. I need that new life that can only be found in Christ. I've lived too long in the mud. I've walked in places where I shouldn't have walked. I've got dust upon me that I should never have got upon me. And I need you. I need your new life. That only comes in and through Jesus. So Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for that new life. Lord, I pray your blessing upon each and every person in this place. That as we respond to you, that as we allow you to come close, that sin, that guilt, that shame is going to drop off in Jesus' name. That just as Belinda walked in here 18 and a half years ago, single, and she walked out married, that some of us have walked in here dirty, but we're going to walk out renewed, new life, because the creator of the universe didn't just breathe 
6,000 years ago. He is breathing upon each and every one of us right here, right now in this room. And He is turning our dust and He is turning our guilt and our shame and the dirty things of our life into new life. Life renewed, a church renewed, a people renewed in and through what Jesus and Jesus alone has done. And for that, we want to be thankful. And for that, we want to now worship with all that we are worth. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.